Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the Biz Dad Podcast. Today's guest is a, a good buddy of mine, Camille. Um, I've known Camille for maybe what, three years, something like that. Uh, I've loved Camille watching you as a dad, like we were saying right right before the recording started. Um, uh, you've got two beautiful daughters. It's been just a fun family to watch and be around. So um, I want to kind of let the audience get to know you a little bit, have a good conversation with you, chatting about you know business and dadhood. But uh, first, tell us a little bit about your family, um, introduce your family and yourself to everybody, and we'll start from there. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an, uh, and an honor, Adam. So thank you so much um, for thinking me in this in this aspect of life and yes. journey. So awesome. Uh, so I am married. Uh, so I'm a Polish immigrant, uh, married to Patricia Reach. Uh, she's also Polish. We've met here in the States, though, since 04, we got married, but we've been together since about 97. She thinks 96. I'm convinced it was 97. <laughs> that 96 year was wild for me. There's no way I was already in a relationship. <laughs> I just, um, but yeah, not really. So, not <laughs> quite a bit of time with my lovely Patricia. Uh, we've had Natalia and, uh, in 2007, so she's 16 now, and then now, so two girls. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have like any wishes around having boys versus versus girls. I just kind of took it as it was. I was just excited to be a dad, and and those two munchkins showed up, and and the adventure of fatherhood was just uh, for me. It uh, it was amazing. It still is, actually. You know, obviously. So yeah, that's, that's our family unit. That's awesome. Yeah. Watching you and, uh, your daughters, uh, well, there was one fan abundance thing. Cause, uh, uh, that, that you guys did like that dance, the dance yeah. thing. And it was phenomenal to watch. Uh, so you, you, uh, you pull the girl dad off thing pretty well. Like I was, I was telling you, I'm going to have to give you a call through all the moments. Cause <laughs> since we just had our girls eight weeks ago, it's like, I don't, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do now. You know, like, <laughs> Even even changing a diaper, I had to phone a friend and be like, "I don't know what the heck I'm doing here. This is ridiculous." But uh, since all I had was boys, but um, so tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your dad. This is actually something I don't any, know anything about you at all, any of your uh, the background of that front. But tell me a little bit about your dad and your upbringing a little bit, so I can kind of start with the uh, the basics there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in a village, actually, very tiny little village. In the southeast region of Poland, right there where, uh, Ukraine is now in Slovakia. So it was in the border of Russia and, uh, Slovakia back in the day. And my childhood was amazing. Um, because, you know, you live out there. There's, there's just freedom, you know, very little adult supervision. You're, you're, 
climbing trees, swimming rivers. It was amazing. Uh, my dad met my mom because he got stationed there. He was in the army. And uh, we then moved to a bit of a, a larger town slash smaller city about an hour bus ride away from the village. So I was there between eight and 13. And at 13, I came to the, to, to, to the States. So overall, you know, very kind of lower middle class, that, that was not, uh, there was no, there was no classes of that sort in Poland because it was mm-hmm. communism. Everybody was equal. So everybody, was mm-hmm. whatever class. And then after, uh, communism fell, we, you know, we tried, my dad had a good job. He was, uh, an attorney ish because he didn't work private sector. He worked, uh, corporate. Um, my mom was a teacher, um, had a, had a good relationship with both of them. Then my mom left to America in 1990. So I'm 10 years old. My brother's 12 and next, next three years between 90 and 93 before we left to America, it was just us and, and my dad. So I, 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 we actually never really sat down and like talked about those times with my dad. But if I had to guess, he was freaking figuring it out the best he could. Um, cause it was, it was, uh, it was sketchy at, at points, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it made me grow up faster and made my brother grow up faster. Um, he, yeah, like I said, he did the best we could. We, he took us camping. Um, we were still close to my grandma, so we spent weekends there. So. There was still that whole family connection, family unit. And, um, overall, the Polish culture, like the Eastern European culture, there isn't, um, there isn't the emotions are not so evident between Mm -hmm. parents, kids, families. Like you don't say, I love you to each other. You don't hug it out that much at all. Um, so, so that's the culture I was brought up, but there was love in the household. No, no doubt about it. Right. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. And those three years when we were by ourselves, uh, like I said, there were some sketchy moments, but, uh, but nothing, um, nothing that would, uh, you know, that would consider like dramatic, dramatic yeah. one or two incidences. Um, but, um, yeah, he was good. He was good. And, and now. Now I go to see him every two years and, and we have a great relationship. I mean, we're men, so we don't call each other every other day, you know, <laughs> or we'll touch base once every six months. And then I'll go see him for a couple of weeks. Uh, um, but, uh, I, I would say, um, positive, good influence. He was a martial, martial artist. I took that away. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a long life martial artist. So. So it was, he was a very good and positive influence, whether it was some of these shady, not shady, sketchy situations, but still gave empowered me to be a man at an earlier age, which I consider a benefit. I consider that a, a part of the journey on a positive side or his, uh, you know, or the times he took us camping and, and hung out and, 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 and was a great dad. He always was a great dad, but, 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 you know, even more so. Um, so overall, very positive. Awesome. So how long was he in the army when it was like a mandatory service thing or was it just like, he, no, he, well, it, it was for everybody, but he chose the path of, uh, of staying in. Okay. It wasn't at the time. It, he, I mean, obviously he got paid for it cause, cause he was in there. Uh, but it wasn't uh, like it is in the States cause everybody was in the, uh, in the communist army. 
So with the interesting story, he was in, he was a, a stationed, uh, as a border protection, um, o- officer, uh, which was kind of, kind of a cool job for him. I found that later because it was like a mini, like a Polish version of a KGB, not really like a little bit where uh-huh. he's like, he, he was in charge of knowing everything and anything about what's going on in all the surrounding villages. Yeah. All right. And what's the best way to gather intel from local farmers is to drink enormous amounts of uh-huh. milk. Of course. <laughs> Especially in Poland. Yes. Yes. So he, he was good at it. He was good. Peter <laughs> caught up with him, unfortunately, in a negative way. Uh, but that was his job. And then he gets thrown out. Uh, you pro- well, probably 86, 87, 88 okay. because he supported solidarity. Like he, mm-hmm. he wasn't, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't too uh, ecstatic about enforcing the communist regime. So they kicked him out. It was nothing, nothing, uh, uh like negative, negatively impactful. They just told him to leave. Yeah. Uh, and then when he finished uh, law school and had, and was practicing for, practicing for a bit, he wanted to become a judge. So he went in front of, in front of the board. And this is like 1990s now after. Uh, mm-hmm. And they told him, you can't be a judge because you served in the communist military. He's like, come on. Um, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Even though he got kicked out because he didn't support yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. So, yeah. Well, good on him for sticking to his values, though. That's a plus. Like knowing oh, yeah. what, yeah. knowing what he wanted and sticking to it. So, yes. and actually, yeah. you know, when I think about this, that, that had a big impact on me because yeah. to, to be against it at that time, you had to have big balls, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no joke. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, you know, you watching that, you know, like actually seeing it and seeing him get kicked out because you were old enough, obviously, to remember all of that happening by the sounds of things. So, um, but man, I couldn't, uh, uh, that, that had to have been a crazy time to, to, to live through all yeah, of that, you know, it, before it was, and after the war. It, it was weird because it's grouping. So like I said, we grew up in a village, but we actually lived about a mile away on that base. It was just four mm-hmm. barracks, small base. Uh, but you lived in a, you know, on the military compound. Everybody's wearing uniform. All the vehicles are military vehicles. So it was, it was weird to remember living on a communist military base mm-hmm. from the perspective of, of today's reality. And then, um, you know, it wasn't like a moment, there wasn't a moment where, hey, officially he gets kicked out and marched outside of the gate. No, we yeah. just kind of moved out. I didn't know any better. <laughs> uh, we just moved out, but, uh, it was, um, it was an interesting regime. Like we couldn't go to church. It was illegal. We got baptized in secret. So, um, most of the people, even, even on the base sort of were, were gravitated, well, were, were, very few people were really into communism with the party and very official. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the boss of the base was, which made everybody's life difficult, but uh, people sort of lived like a, uh, a a parallel life to the, to the regime. Uh, just, just, you know, because we're human, we have, we're empathetic, we have emotions and, and, uh, and, and want to, and have that need for connection. So very, very weird time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine that lived in China and she said that, you know, like even, even the kids going through school in China, they would kind of do that, live that parallel life. Like you say the things you need to say in front of the people that you need to say them in. Uh, but otherwise they're like, yeah, I totally get it. You know, like, 
Yeah. And I was like, it 100%. boggles my mind because like, I, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it's easy to say sitting over here, right. On, on various different things. Like, well, then stand up and say something to make it. Okay. But I mean, at the same point, like that's all of your livelihood. That's everything that you could do. And that's, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like in the military now, I'm, I mean, uh, I was in for what, 18 years, you know, and it was like the amount of time that's changed and the things that I thought to myself after like now thinking, boy, would I be standing up as much against some of the, the woke stuff going on in the military? Cause there was zero reason for that in the military, but yet for some reason it's going crazy. Like stand up and say something, everybody in there, everybody like in the, the, the ranks knows that this is not a good idea, but yet, you know, everybody keeps their mouth shut and keeps on moving. And it's, I don't know, yeah. I would imagine that the pressure would be tenfold when you're looking at, at, you know, a communist regime over you. So, yeah, but there again, compliments to your father, but, uh, but good on him for, for sticking to it. Um, so you came here when you were 13, you said, right. Right. So, um, uh, did your dad come to, well, you said you go and visit him, but did he come at all no, over here too, so, or did you just so, come with your mom? So, yeah, you know, so my mom left obviously a few yeah. years earlier. Uh, and then the last day of school in sixth grade, we came home. I'm all, I was stoked for the summer. And, and my dad sits us down and says, boy, you're going to go to America. And we left abruptly because even though the country was past communism, you still, the, the social vibe was still, uh, very, um, uncertain. It was, it was like, uh, hmm. what's the good word? I don't know. It's, it, it, it was where if you had planned to better your life, if you had an opportunity to do something out of the norm that your neighbors, and we lived in a, in a apartment building, so everybody knows each other. If, if, if there was that people would have done things to basically, you know, throw roadblocks. To make mm-hmm. that crowd effect, you get, yeah. you get, you you have a chance to get out. No way, or you pack it. So you couldn't. So that's why we we had to do it. Up, you know, and sort of bail on everybody. We couldn't. I couldn't even uh, say goodbye to my friends. We just left um, because there was always that risk that somebody could have called somebody and mm-hmm. not let us leave the country. Um, so we show up in America. The summer of July 11, June 11th, 1993. And, uh, I actually, the crazy thing for me is in Poland at the time in that, that year was the first year that English was re- Russian was replaced with English as a mandatory language in schools. Nice. I was the first generation of, of kids that, that learned English instead of Russian. And I, failed miserably. I completely failed. I had no idea I was going to go to America, and, right. but that was that first year. And then I show up and I'm like, damn, I should have paid attention. Cool. <laughs> I, I knew not a word of English when we showed up here. Um, yeah. So I went into seventh grade here in America and uh, lived with my mom. She was already, uh, she wasn't remarried yet. She lived, she lived with my future stepdad and, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, completely new world, completely new life, new adventure, new beginning, very, very, um, you know, emotional certainty for a 13 year old kid. It was, it was yeah. certainly a adjustment. Yeah, but 
So how much contact were you still able to keep with your dad then when you came here? Oh, sorry. I missed the, I forgot about the point. Oh, okay. He didn't want to come to America because he was an attorney. He said, mm-hmm. dude, I'm not going to go work construction or be a laborer. Uh, I, I've got, I, I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got, I put too much effort into, into creating, uh, his, um, his, 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 uh, profession and, and all that stuff. So, and then by that time, my mom and him grew apart anyway. So I, I think, well, obviously, yeah, she, she, they, they weren't officially divorced, but they were not to no longer basically together. Uh, so yeah, that's why he stayed behind. Um, and, and, you know, he, he did good for himself. He's, he's actually still practicing. So he's, nice. he's all right. Nice. So I, uh, what, if communism had already fallen, I was a little, what was the, you know, the, the crabs of the bucket to go back to that, right? So communism had fallen, you're um, on your way out. What would people have done to stop you from, from coming? Like, what was like, A, why? Yeah. Uh, besides like, you know, for the lack of better terms, jealousy, but, but why, yeah. you know, and then what, what, what could they have done to stop you or would have been more like emotional manipulation than anything else? Uh, um, technically what could it, what they could have done? I mean, I guess call the embassy, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, 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 you know, actually, I don't know. Whatever yeah. you can, I mean, it just, I'm not really sure, but it's a crazy um, perspective. And I, I, the reason I ask is, uh, like if somebody's listening and so one thing that, that I've realized over my, my travels around the world, I mean, I've been to, I don't know, 20 different countries, if not more, um, lived in many of those. So it's, it's like, I talk to people here and they think that this is the worst country of the world, or you hear people that talk about it's the worst country of the world or that this, that, or the other thing is terrible or like the, but people are completely ignorant to what life is actually like outside of their wonderful country that they live in here in America. So it's like, I like it really doesn't have to mean anything. It's like somebody could just call the embassy because they've got a friend that works at the embassy and be like, Hey, this yeah. person said this about whatever. And then all of a sudden psh, no, cut yeah. off, you're not going anywhere, you know? And it's like, golly, man, that, 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 the types of yeah, things you that could, don't you could basically you could show up uh like one reason even though we were still kids right there my brother was 13 but you they could have said hey these guys are fleeing the country because they don't want to serve in the army when they're eight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's it you show up to the border and a guy goes no you can't leave yep sorry ain't going anywhere um as a matter of fact when we stayed we then started receiving letters in poland to join the army and when I was 18, I couldn't, I could already go back. We had our paper. I could go back and visit, but I didn't because if I showed up flying in for two weeks for vacation, if I showed up at the border, they would automatically take me into their arm. Hmm. And two week vacation turns into a two year vacation. <laughs> <laughs> a two year, not so vacation. Yeah. Yes. So, so that, that's, that was the reality too. So there's, there's a, probably a few different things they could have people could have uh, fabricated or 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 mm-hmm. something like that and and you know uh, we would probably get stopped maybe let, let maybe let through maybe not but it would have been just a hassle so that, that was the mentality but also at the same time all that might have been false it was just the yeah. mentality that my parents had because in communism that's what happened for sure yeah. all of a sudden your neighbor went disappear you know disappeared <laughs> yeah in, in, in communist uh poland so uh some of that probably, or, or a lot of it was probably just, just a story in their head, but 
that's how they that how, that's how they proceeded with life. Yeah. Careful. Yeah, it was uh, I forgot her name, Young Me Park. I don't know if you've listened to her book at all. But she was like one of the people that escaped from North Korea. Um, she's wrote she's written like two books now, uh, but she's here in America and like talking to like like I mean that is a completely different level of communism than than a lot of other people have experienced in the communism world right but um you know they it, you you didn't i think that, i think she was she had a saying like you don't even you don't even tell your secrets to the rats like you just nothing like you say nothing to nobody not your parents not your brothers and sisters nobody you know it's like yeah. goodness like that like couldn't imagine living life just not even being able to like it being not even feel safe in your own thoughts, you know, like yeah, what a we're weird not made that way. Yeah. Humans are not made that way. And that's, that, that's not sustainable. Well, yeah. they're somehow sustaining it over there. I mean, no, I, uh, I wouldn't say it's sustaining it. I would say uh, it's, it's yeah. very enforced and very, I mean, but when yeah. you have zero contact with the outside world, like it's uh you, you, you literally think that, you know, you've got it the best, you know? So how weird. But, uh, all right. So you've got a mom who's a teacher, a dad who's a lawyer, and then you decide to, uh, start running businesses. So how did, uh, how did, uh, what was kind of the path to entrepreneurship to, you know, business, business, uh, running? So she was a teacher. My mom has many lives. She's my, she is my hero. Well, it started with my grandpa. He was very entrepreneurial too before he, anybody knew what that was. Uh, and, but she was, uh, the, the caliper that got it, got everything started. So she came here. She, she actually landed in America in 1990. She was supposed to, she was invited by one of our distance uncles who lived in Jersey. And I might get the story wrong. She'll, she'll yell at me, but she shows up and the guy didn't even pick her up from the airport. Like whether he forgot or didn't feel like it. She's there. She don't know. She has no clue where to go. She only knew, I think, the town where he lived. Um, eventually, she 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 lands in his in, in his house, and I and again, I don't think she even lived there for much. So she she goes to live as a uh, living caretaker for all the people. Uh, then he then she's cleaning houses, uh, doing all the labor. Uh, intensive, uh, jobs that immigrants do. And when my, when she met my, uh, future stepdad, he was working on a sighting crew as an installer. And she goes, dude, why are you working for this guy? Let's just buy a van and do this thing ourselves. So, so they did. <laughs> and she was running the show, right? She was scheduling, ordering materials. And eventually going out to jobs to measure and estimate and estimate. And that became a little bit of a, of a, a like a sideshow has a different definition. But at those times, those builders, contractors, they never seen a woman in the roofing or siding, mm -hmm. you know, the industry. So, so the word got around and, and, and they gained a lot of traction and, uh, and then business grew a little bit. They had two or three vans. Uh, so. So when I came there, they already had that business. Uh, it, it really, not even a business. It was like their little job, their little hustle. Sure. Ten, 10 years, fast, fast forward 10 years, right? After I came, 2004, so I finished school. I finished college. I'm supposed to make a decision on what to do in my life. And I'm like, hmm, 
being an attorney is not that bad. Follow my dad's footsteps. Let me take the LSAT, send out some applications, see what happens. And right at the same time, my mom says, why don't you help me with the business on the office side of things for the summer until you wait for your applications to come back? Uh, and, and this is 2004. So she, by that time, they have probably about three to four vans. They are only working for contractors and builders. So it's not like they're, they have marketing or sales, none of that. Mm-hmm. They just sort of work for, for, for those steady, um, steady click of builders that they establish. I would say in revenue wise, maybe half a mil, 300,000 in revenues a year. So for them, I mean, it was a huge accomplishment, yep. uh, huge success for, for a lady off the boat, you know, uh, a bunch of years prior. And a um, couple of months go by and she goes to me, I want to move to Florida. We're going to start building some houses down there and flipping. And why don't you take over the business? And that's how it started. Now, it wasn't my intention. I wasn't even too excited about it. I, I had nothing about business, even though I went to business for business management in college, but <laughs> That was a waste of time. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's the same thing I hear from everybody. Like, MBA is yeah. a waste of time. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I took it over. I kind of thought, man, I'm a business owner. Why not? 24 years old. Entrepreneur. I'll wear a suit, drive a nice car. And then the next 10 years were just like torture. <laughs> torture, <laughs> but fun. I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other ways, but it was brutal, man. It was like owning five jobs in one, mm-hmm. right? Accounting, APA, our receivables, the ordering, like, uh, dude, I was just overwhelmed. And then fast forward after that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, uh, <laughs> do you guys have, to, you guys still have two pieces. I think your brother lives in Florida, right? And, uh, yeah. and built houses here in Florida. And then you're doing yeah. all sorts of stuff up, up where you're at. So, um, are they, are the businesses still associated or are they not, not connected? No. Oh, well, technically they're not connected. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Technically now they are because I created a holding company. So that holding company owned. Yeah. Uh, um, but from, from just the industry aspect of things, they're different. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, we, my mom always sort of is the first in and then we follow her when she moved down to Florida in 04. My brother eventually moved down to Florida seven years ago. So, so quite a bit after her mm-hmm. and, uh, and we figured, Hey, dude, you down there, you know, a lot about construction. Uh, I got some capital. So let's start, let's start the same thing she's doing together. I'll supply the capital. You get it done, execute on the projects. And we started building custom homes down there. Uh, and it's been a fantastic journey. Uh, we're trying to pivot now because of the market. But it was very good to us, and um, and 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 it wor- we work great together. He's an older brother, and we respect each other very much, and it's a great relationship. Uh, so, so it's a good deal that we have down there in Florida. It's it's mostly, like I said, his operation. Mm-hmm. She still does her own thing on the side, but she scaled it back way, way, way. She only does like one house a year. And Jersey, here in Jersey, I still, uh, I grew that company that she sold me back in the day. She did sell it to me, uh, uh, which was. Well, you're saying that makes it sound like there's an argument between that. She she took it. She, she was a tough negotiator. (laughs) I'm happy because I have it. And, um, 
So I scaled that one. Uh, we now have a COO, we have a full team, financial mm-hmm. team, all of it. Uh, and then I got into some other endeavors uh, in commercial roofing. So we're growing this thing here as well. And uh, it's sort of all a family business, but they're all separate. So we don't, mm-hmm. we don't mingle with each other's businesses. Like even my brother and I, even though we're 50-50 partners, He's, he's running it. I don't go in there and tell him what to do. I mean, obviously I implement the EOS entrepreneur organization system platform so we can run the business efficiently. We jump on a weekly meeting just to check in. But other than that, we kind of respect each other's boundaries very well. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I look at, you know, my sons and I think to myself, how about like, what, I don't know if you know anything about Andrew Tate, you know, Andrew Tate is. I just started listening to this guy about two months ago. Yeah. So love him or hate him, not really yeah. the part of the, I, we could easily talk about that part, but the way that he talks about his brother and the way his brother talks about him is the way that I really hope that my boys are right. Like they have such a bond when you listen to the two of them, uh, the Tate yeah. brothers that it's like, man, if I could just uh, like put that that portion of the mentality into the boys that, that and right now i think they they will likely be that way just the way that they interact right now but um i i love the the family business side i love like you know working with the family like i want to include my boys and in everything i want to include my well and now my daughter um you know at, at eight weeks old she's not gonna be doing much uh other than you know <laughs> awesome photo shoots for us you know so <laughs> i could hire her for that right but uh uh, but I, I just love hearing, you know, uh, brothers and sisters and family members getting in business together. Cause I think that's a, um, I don't know, it, it, to me, family means pretty much everything. So if, if, uh, uh, you know, why would I not want to be involved in business? I've been trying to talk to my sisters into getting into business with me for a little while. And, you know, uh, Sarah, she's two years older than me. She's shown some interest but you know she's been in in the job she's in for like 25 years or something silly like that so you know we'll we'll see how it goes but um the uh uh and i and i don't know i'll just so listen i don't know if there's a secret sauce or or a, a approach to life to make that work we didn't focus on it it didn't there was no intention around it it's just sort of happened that we got along and not that we got along when we were kids he was beating the crap out of me i don't know maybe it's the guilt thing now that he feels guilty about uh but uh it was yeah like i i thought about that a lot because i would love to have some you know thoughts some 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 uh empowering wisdom on how to make that work but there isn't really anything that I can pinpoint to. We just sort of got along. I would have to say that a lot of it was on him and his mm-hmm. approach to the relationship and his attitude because we also worked together here in Jersey before he moved out. He was actually a sub for the main entity. Uh, so there's also that relationship of, of sort of him, him, um, him, him working for the company, right? Meaning mm-hmm. for me, essentially, and him being older, right? So there is a huge, huge mental approach as as a as a man uh, and a brother to make that happen on his part of things, right? I'm, I mean, I'm always empathetic. I try to be as empathetic as possible. I'm a very social guy, and and no, he's not. He's not that. He's he doesn't. It's like social aspect is not his strong suit. He's more reserved. 
he he's more analytical. Uh, so kudos to him, man. I mean, I, I'm so proud of him that that he approached uh, our relationship and business and life from from that aspect um, because it's working great. So unfortunately, I don't know what early is. It's just somebody. People have to figure that stuff on their own, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's I, it, the fact that you guys are both hard workers, both um, both immigrants, both work through a lot of different things, and both in a similar similar jobs. I mean. Uh, me and my sister's going to be in very much different jobs. Like I said, one one's in banking, one's in retail, and then there's me. It's like I don't, yeah. <laughs> who knows what I'm in? I'm in all sorts of things. So it's a it's a tough one. But um, on the uh, just semi off topic, how you like EOS? What I mean, you you implemented across multiple businesses by the sounds of things. So what do you what do you yeah. think about EOS? And I mean, I've got all, a little three. EOS finder right there. So there it is. Yeah. Yes. All three of my businesses run on EOS. I started the implementation myself about three years ago by reading after reading the book Traction. It it wasn't it, it wasn't working out uh, because my belief is outside of the structure that EOS provides, it's it's very impactful because of the accountability aspect of the platform for the team. And self implementation doesn't have the same accountability. The accountability doesn't resonate as strongly if you're self-implementing uh, rather than if you bring in a an implementer, a guy who's mm-hmm. doing it for you, who sets up the meetings. He's there to set up the culture, the vision, the mission, the VTO statement. Uh, he's there to conduct first few L10 meetings. He's there to set the cadence, uh, set the culture of the of the of the meetings and and uh, the quarterlies are very important they must be facilitated in my opinion by somebody from outside of the organization because now the team members and organization have somebody an outsider that they're accountable to and the tougher of an sob that guy is the better mm-hmm. uh, um, so to me it, it was a it, the game changed once i hired an implementer like after a year or a year and a half of self-implementation and uh, it took off. The 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 company um, created like a soul, created that mission, the vision. Everybody was on the same page, and that was great. Now we've gotten to a point here uh, when you scale that that the framework of EOS might be a little bit limiting because EOS is famous for the L10 meeting, and mm-hmm. in the L10 meeting there is a section uh, that. Uh, it's called an uh, IDS, uh, where we resolve issues. And uh, so it's identify, discuss, discuss, solve, right? And um, when you have a bigger organization, you can't solve 90% of issues in an yeah. hour. You can't. But what you can do is identify them and then set up meetings and da da da, right? So when you scale that whole discuss and solve piece, is, is, is then turns into a rock mm-hmm. and rock, meaning you have a little bit more time to, to figure the situation out. Uh, but overall, it's an amazing system. I love it. I, I highly recommend it to everybody. I'm sure there's other systems out there. I, 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 this is the one that I gravitated to. Not that I was looking for any other ones, but it works for us. It's, it's very good. Yeah. We've, we've in ADPI, we've been implementing it for a little while. We, I took your advice when I talked to you about it and getting an implementer and making sure that we, we do that. 
Um, which reminds me, I need to reschedule our call for next week that I have with our implementer. But uh-huh. uh, the the joys of summer um, with the kids and all the stuff is you know, the team. Our whole team almost has kids, so uh, summer comes around and schedules get jacked up. But yeah. um, you know, EOS has been it's been uh, it's been solid. We're still in the process. Like we just shifted our accountability charts um, again. Uh, so like we, we realized what we had wasn't really working very well. So we're still semi the beginning stages of implementation and, um, you know, it's been what, six, eight months, something like that, that we've been working on it. Uh, but well, man, it took it's us uh, about a year and a half just yeah. to get in the groove. Yeah. It, it takes, it's, it seems to take a little while. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, if, if you're one of those people listening and you're like, oh, I should do it. And then six months in, you're like, this doesn't work at all. I hate just give it time. Give it yeah. time, work through the process. It's, uh, uh, honestly, it's like, if nothing else, just having that VTO has been, uh, been huge to be able to share with the, with the team and, um, you know, push, push forward. Those conversations have been priceless. So, um, anyways, um, back on track. Uh, so Natalia and Nell, how much, or how, like, how much do they know about the business? How much do you involve them in the business, if anything at all? Like, what, uh, what's been their experience inside of this whole, uh, world of their, their mom and dad being entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Um, they know about the business, of the business. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those dads that, like, what do you want, uh, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? You're going to own apartment buildings? <laughs> ah, there he is. Uh, the joys what's of a, a dad podcast as he gets yes. to be a dad on the podcast. Yes. And what what is yes. all over your face, dude? Cream cheese. Don't worry about it. What do you eat? So you eat some bagels cream cheese for breakfast, yeah? You bums. <laughs> These are awesome. Remember Mr. Camille? Wow, he grew up. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're not wow. wrong. Do you remember him? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you say hi? You're excited. So li- well, you already have one. Are you excited about your little sister? Oh, he can't. You excited about your little sister? He says. Do you love your little yeah. sister? No, nah, you want us to return her at the store, don't you? No. <laughs> I'm gonna keep recording, okay, bud? Yeah, bud. Last night, did you feed my snake? Yes, I did. And you know the best part about this is I don't edit the podcast, so that's totally staying in. So I love it. I love. It. All right, bud. Love you, dude. Have a terrible day. <laughs> yeah. So mm. I think we're, yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, it's nuts, but, and he's only eight years old, but yet still, you know, like I'm watching about the golf course and watch him run through life. And I'm like, dude, you're like, you're, you're eight, not 18. Calm down. Calm yes. down, buddy. Like it just, oh. yeah, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, we're talking about Natalia and Nell. And yes. The okay. So yeah. So um, right. So they know all about it. I'm 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 always pushing. I'm always making silly comments about them being in the business, but they're completely not interested in any of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Natalia's uh, all into school right now, and and friends, and making sure she taps into the high school experience as much as possible. Mm-hmm. She did have got herself a job. Uh, uh, in the bakery at the register, mm-hmm. which was, a, which was a, a crazy, no, not a crazy story, but a, 
uh, it blindsided me because I had no idea she wanted a job or was looking for a job. One day she goes, she probably planned it with mom on the side, obviously. She, mm-hmm. But it's a local bakery that we always go to. So she knows everybody. And like one day she's like, I'm going in tomorrow to work. Are you even old? <laughs> and now she's working at the bakery on the weekends. And, uh, but yeah, you know, I don't want to push and I do push a little bit. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I want it to play out, see what happens, mm-hmm. right? She's not too excited about college, which kind of makes me happy. Uh, but then yes. again, my reservation is what if you have a secret talent in biology or what you could, what if you could be in a tremendous value add to the society by being an attorney or, or a professional? Yep. I will miss out on that. So I have that in the back of my head. But again, yeah, again, I'm not a huge fan of college, uh, but it's real. Uh, and then at the same time, her the spark about around entrepreneurship for her is not there yet. Not to say that it's not going to, not going to be, but not there yet. So I'm in this spot where hmm, you don't want to go to college, but I don't. I, I'm not sensing that that urgency for, for into into other endeavors. Like, what are you going to do, right? But again, mm-hmm. she's still young. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm no. over over exaggerating. Uh, and a little now. Well, she's into everything, you know, singing, dancing, you know, gymnastics and well, yeah. So she's still, she's still a soul to be figured out. Yeah. I don't know. She's what, how old is she now? 12, 12, 10? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. A little stand up comedy. She Uh does everything. Uh Uh She does everything. The, your two daughters have been, they're, they're awesome. Like just their, their personalities and uh, you guys have, you guys have done well. So. I, uh, uh, are you guys going to, uh, Vermont? Yes. Yes. So, so Natalia, obviously she's now a seven, will be a 17 year old by then. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not as easy to convince her to go to a fan band, fan abundance event. So I'll probably show up with Nell and then Natalia and Patricia will join us, uh, like uh, two days into it because Natalia hates missing school. For some reason, my dad told me you're missing school because you're going away. I'm like, peace, let's go now. She's like, I can't miss school. All right. So, so yeah, Nell, when Nell's back in, we're, we missed um, uh, an event or two, I think. Well, no, the last one we missed. Yeah. So, I want to make sure that yeah, Nell's back into that community. And uh, we've also started a, a younger adult, a young adult um, community with Michael Blanc. And we had our first meetup. So go abundance uh, guys and, and couples will have kids between 17 and 22. That's for them. Awesome. And, and, uh, and Michael's doing a fantastic job with that, creating some programming. So I'm going to have Natalia tap into that. And now, now we'll be there at fan abundance. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I uh, uh, it was awesome. Like Michael Blanc was at the one in Montana. It was really cool to, to you know, yes. meet him and see the, see his kids and they worked really well as a family and it was fun to watch that, that family unit as well. So, but you could tell, I mean, there was, you know, you have my kids running around at that time, you know, seven and three, you know, and then his kids, you know, somewhere between 17 and, you know, 22, 23, like that same yeah. age group you're talking about. So, um, uh, a vast, vast array of, of, uh, childhood activities going on there. So, yes. Uh, yes. But, um, is it, uh, is it a go bun and sanction thing or just something you guys are doing on the side? 
Well, it started off on a side, but we're trying to bring abundance in and make it official and ha- have them help us with it. Uh, but, um, but we sort of started it on the side. We had, like I said, our first meeting in, uh, Georgia, Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic. And we are actually going on a cruise trip to not a cruise, a, a yacht mm. cruise. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Gracious. It, yes. A yacht trip to Croatia, taking the kids and, um, that's awesome. We're going to, we're going to curate some programming for, for young adults around that, on that trip as well. That's super cool. That's awesome. I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. Appreciate you letting me know. That was great. Yeah. I'm still 17 at heart. So I could have totally showed up. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, um, tell me more about the, the, your actual businesses. Um, uh, because you said you have three of them, I believe is what you said. Yeah. So tell me, tell me yeah. about those, you know, you started off buying a business from your mom that was like, you know, three trucks, four trucks, and yeah. now you've got three, four businesses. So how, how was that transition? What, what happened in the middle there? Yeah. Um, so the main business is the, is the siding and roofing residential company. Um, Scaled it to about, um, do we want to go into numbers or not necessary? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I'd love to so hear them. Sure. Why not? Sure. All right. So, um, we scaled it to last year. We did seven mil in revenues. Um, that company was mainly a siding installation company. It's main customer was the contractor slash developer new construction build so no real sales necessity uh no marketing necessity for the first bunch of years of, of that business being in operations and then about 2013 that i had that realization about not wanting to own a job and 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 i think the the business owner should probably have a different approach to, to business and life. And like that got me on a whole self development journey from which point, like books like Emis and, and other business books completely blew my mind. And I realized you can't scale a business if you're not working on it. Right. Which was the main re- reflection, uh, realization at the time. Um, so then I really made uh, a conscious effort to make sure I'm. We're pivoting to the retail residential customer side. And now we've got sales guys selling at the kitchen table. And now we have marketing. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about our other geographic er- ge- geographical areas. Through EOS, we created our ideal customer. Uh, so we have a, we have an ideal demographic that we're targeting. We want to hire the marketing company. So that business is taking a shape of, of an, of a real entity. Um, I learned not too long ago that businesses go through these phases where in the beginning, let's call it in my industry, call it from million, one million to five million. You're working on the how you're trying to figure out how to do the things, how to create these processes, these systems. And then from five to 10 million, now you're focusing on the who, who can I bring into this company that will add value? That's smarter than me that can run this process or this department. And once you have that core leadership team from 10 to 15 or 10 to 17 million. Now you're back into how on how to get the best out of that team that you've just created. What are the next steps? Uh, and then you're back into who, and it, and it sort of 
re- revolves like that mm-hmm. as your business grows. So right now I'm at the cool aspect of things. Uh, like I said, I hired a COO. We manager had more salespeople. So we're taking a, a leap. There was a decision I needed to make about two years ago. Do I want to stay in this business and have a lifestyle business that generates, you know, that million bucks and I'm happy and I, and, and, and I got the money. I'm able to reinvest it. All is good, but I'm still working in the business. Like at the time I, I was still selling up to about a two, two and a half years ago. I was still mm-hmm. at the kitchen table. So do I, do I want to do that? Uh, and stay at this level. We were about five mil or so at the time. Or do I want to make this bet and invest back in the business, invest in people, bring in more salaries, bring in guys, people, and ladies who are smarter than me and grow this business. But as a result, my nets, net profit will shrink, right? And, uh, but it will allow you, it allow, it would allow me to gain more freedom, time freedom. Mm-hmm. And then I could focus on expansion or acquisitions or things like that. And that's, that's the decision I made. And here we are two, two, three years later, uh, we're scaling. And, um, alongside of that, about a year and a half ago, I was presented with an opportunity to buy a business. And it's interesting how, how it's all about the seasons of life and where your mind is and, what you've heard and what you've learned at particular stages in life. Because about two, three years ago, I was at a GoBundance event sitting in the audience and I'm hearing Cody Sanchez talk about business mm-hmm. acquisition, scale. And she's talking about this enormous opportunity in that sector of business ownership. And I'm sitting in, and thinking, man, and, and by that time, I got a couple of doors already. I'm, I'm all into real estate. Any money I make in the, in the roofing business and the siding business, I, I deploy into real estate and I'm sink, and I'm sitting there and thinking, man, that real estate thing is, is cool. I love it. I love owning assets. I don't have any secret stores. I don't have any advantage in that space. I'm doing the Burr method like every other mm-hmm. bigger pocket listener out there in the world. <laughs> Everybody's doing the Burr method, but. I've been in business for like close to 10, 15 years now. I took, I bought it in 04. I took it through an 08 recession. Mm-hmm. I took it through COVID. And I'm like, there is something to it. I, I know how to run a business. I'm by that time, I was already building the team. So I know how to build the team. I am a huge, my, I think my unfair advantage in business, at least that's how I feel. I know there's other businesses that do it way better than I do, is the culture thing. It's my connection to the people and my ability to, to inspire, motivate, and create a vision and have their vision work and, and the company's vision. So we're all aligned towards the same goal. That's, that's what makes me happy. And, and, and I thought to myself, yeah, man, I they know how to do this. So after that event, I'm having my RDS was thinking about scale, not, not well, scale. I was already scaling, but like what other things I can do around business, tied into business, and how I can grow that part of my portfolio and started liquidating the real estate a little bit. And then a buddy brings over, my buddy brings up, up the, over the opportunity to purchase a commercial roofing business here in New Jersey in my market. And because I was exposed to that c- c- talk, Cody's talk, and because mm-hmm. my mind was already working around it, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. 
And if it wasn't for that, I would probably say, no, man, I'm not buying the commercial roofing business. What do I know about commercial roofing? Yeah. Right. But it was the right time, right place. Fast forward a year and a half. It took, it just took me forever to take it down. Now we own that business. We closed on it last October and uh, it's a great opportunity. It's a business that does uh, last year, they did around 12 million in revenues. It's uh, private work. They don't do uh, low margin jobs. They're, they're a high margin company, very sophisticated, very uh, value driven to, to the customers. Uh, they have a fantastic team on board, a, a, a team that's been with, with, with the company for 15 to 25 years. Wow. Some of these people. So I was very, I gravitated toward that, towards that culture and that loyalty. That's essentially why I bought the business. I bought the business because of the people that were in it. So, so that's, that's, those are the two main businesses, businesses here in the Northeast. And like I, we talked about my brother's business down in Florida. So those three mm-hmm. businesses are, are the main entities. Uh, I created a holding company, uh, just to give ourselves some layers. Along with that, I created a service company. So now, um, I pulled out the functions of all the businesses that could be, that could service, um, as a shared service component. So my accounting, uh, legal, uh, financials, even some of the management positions, now they're employed by the service company and they provide a service to the other three entities and I just build back. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to create this spoke wheel of where eventually, shortly, maybe next year, I'm able, once I dial in my systems to a T and I'm, and I can have a handbook that I can hand off to people, I can open satellite offices or I can bring in other business owners who want to scale, but don't know how. And I can say, guys, tap into, I'll, I'll, you know, you can tap into my shared service company. We'll take care of all your back end processes. Mm-hmm. All you're going to be responsible for is sale and production out in your market. And I'll take care of the rest. And that will be the value add to, to, to business owners who want to be there, but not sure how to do it. And then eventually they can go on their own and just like sort of like a stepping stone to bigger and better things, but at the same time, service my entities that I'll purchase into the portfolios. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, the Cody Stock was talking about, you know, I think it was what, like 80% of small businesses just close the mm-hmm. doors. They don't sell, they don't do anything, just they're, they're ready to retire. They don't even think that they could sell and they just shut the doors and that's it. Um, was this one of those situations where the guy was getting ready to retire and um, were, were, at 12 million in revenue, I can't imagine that person's just ready to just close the doors, but um, were they getting ready to retire and just wanting a new stage in life? Or how did you come across this acquisition? And my friend who is in the commercial roofing industry wanted approached me to open a commercial roofing division under my primary business. And I told him, I said, man, I'm not interested because if you're new to the market in that industry, it's a race to the bottom. You're going to have mm. to have aggressive pricing, net margins are going to be low. Risk is tremendous because average ticket size in commercial roofing is like $300,000 per job. Yeah. So risk is tremendous. And I said, dude, I would love to, but unfortunately I, I'm not interested. And he said, you know what? I know this guy who's looking to sell. And mm. that's, that's how that came about. Now he, he there was two owners, actually three owners, uh, and they were selling because the main owner or the guy who, who, who drove the company, who, who 
basically ran the whole business, uh, needed to move to Florida. Uh, there were some health issues around uh, mm-hmm. his family and he wanted to, to provide the best opportunity for his family. And, um, that's why that was the main reason why they wanted to sell. Uh, there was, uh, they had a hard time figuring out, figuring out a session plan. Mm-hmm. So a couple of different things that, that were in play that made them made the decision for them to sell. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Up a good opportunity for you by the sounds of things. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Did you, uh, did you ever read buy then build? Oh yeah, of course. There's, there's, there's something somewhere on my desk. The book is oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Like it, yeah. uh, so ever since that, that chat with Cody, like I've been wanting to buy a business myself. I just, you know, um, I don't know if I've just come up with excuses or if I am just like that busy that I just haven't done it. But I mean, I, I would love to go buy a, a couple of businesses and, you know, it's just a matter of like, what businesses do I want to buy? Like, what are they out there? I've been thinking service industry stuff. Cause I, I mean, that's, that's one of those things that's never it's unlikely to ever go away. Right. I mean, um, look at what you do. Everybody is always going to need a roof, right? Like, I mean, there, everybody's always going to need siding. Um, Speaking of, where's your uh, your mom's business here in Florida? Because I live in Florida Cape, now. Cape Coral. Okay, yeah. Because I need a roof. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> no, no. She <laughs> she can she can build a house for you. She's no longer. Oh, she doesn't do that side anymore. That's right. You said yeah. one house a year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if they've got good contacts, you're, you're for somebody. in the Panhandle, right? No, no, I'm in Tampa. Like David Salas has a David Salas has a roofing company, but I don't know if it goes up to to Tampa. But reach out to him; he knows everybody down there. <laughs> Writing that down. Yeah, we just uh, uh, we had Hurricane Ian. No leaks, no nothing. I mean, the roof is working on getting older. So I was, you know, halfway uh, halfway hoping that it would rip part of my roof up so that I would have to <laughs> to get one right. <laughs> Uh, but nothing. Hurricane Ian, no leaks in the roof, no nothing. And oh. then we had like five big storms in a row here recently. And all of a sudden, I get a leak running through my spare bathroom, and I was like, "Son of a gun!" <laughs> so I got to figure now. I've got to now. I've got to get a roof. So, um, but we'll see how it goes. I was told there was hail in multiple of those storms. I don't, I don't, yeah. But so I called the insurance company. We'll see what I can do. Yeah. But, yep, a roof is needed. Um. Anyway, there was something I was going to ask you before that, but I got sidetracked by my own uh, selfish needs. Um, which yeah. I'm going to say this for like the sixth time on this podcast, not this particular one, but for people who who have listened this far into this many podcasts, I created the podcast saying like I. So I'm going to rewind a tiny bit. I was on Devin Elder's podcast, um, and he mentioned his uh, he had a house for each of his kids and like teaching them how you know, how, you know, what it is to have a tenant or the business, the, all the business side of it. And they, they each owned, you know, the house and they were working through the process. Like, Hey, you don't, you don't get any income this, this month because we had to put in an HVAC and do it all. The, I was like, dude, that is phenomenal. I totally want to do that. So I started talking to Adam about it and he's ready to invest in a house. And I was like, boy, if I could steal that one idea, I would totally love to get more ideas from other dads. So that's how I just kind of was like, I'm just going to talk to a bunch of dads who are entrepreneurs and I'm going to steal as many of their ideas as possible. So oh. Uh, that's that's go- the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I go down rabbit holes that are personally helpful to me, and uh, I hope somebody else gets something out of it. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh, um, I don't remember what I was going to ask you before that. 
Yeah. We're, um, we're talking about the service company about, and the... Yes. Okay. So uh, we did the service company um, and then the roofing company and the Florida company. So then later this year, uh, Q4, don't tell my CEO, he's going to freak out. I am uh, back into the um, search for a new acquisition or a merger. Okay. Um, so 2023, 2024, we're, 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 we're going to add something to the portfolio. Another big endeavor that we didn't talk about in Florida, we are pivoting from custom home spec builds to multifamily, uh, and developing a uh, bigger projects. We're working on a deal right now. It's, it's unfortunately, uh, hit a roadblock. Hopefully we can pull through. If not, we'll find another one. Uh, but more so, uh, rather than talking about the deal and, and, um, and the type of, pro- well, the type of project is multifamily, obviously, but, um, the particular deal, I am focused on, again, back to EOS. I am focused on reinventing that Florida company into a development company. We actually just made a, a hire. He started today, our operations manager, uh, on a, on a higher level, um, individual who's going to help us build it all out. So as great and as efficient we were in a single custom home business, we had a Nice little tight team, very efficient, but it's not what's going to allow us to do bigger deals. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about creating a team, um, for that type of endeavor. And, uh, that's, that's the business I see myself in a uh, long term. I kind of even see that being like a generational wealth play, uh, creating a, a big development company that can tackle projects such as, you know, hundreds of units at a time or even. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate dream for me and my head and my brother is actually on the same page is go build some sky rises. Oh, nice. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that's something that's really exciting for me. That's like a three to five year play in Florida. Maris Tower in, in Miami. Yeah, so. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> that's phenomenal. So what kind of uh, acquisition are you thinking about making? Uh, Currently in the same... A lane, comer- I th- I'm thinking commercial roofing first because I see that the, the easier to scale industry mm-hmm. than the residential. Residential is, is, you know, a boatload of transaction. Like last year, we did close to around 300 transactions to get to, get to seven mil. Uh, the commercial roofing business maybe did 20 or so to get to yeah. 12 mil. So it's just, you know, it, it's just a major difference. Uh, um, but again, if there's an opportunity for a residential company in a certain market that's, that fits our, uh, VTO and, and, and might be a, a good opportunity to, to gain the market share, then for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? uh, but anyway, but in those two industries, I'm not ready yet to tackle like HVAC companies or plumbing companies. Um, I'll focus on that first, but I'm open to, to conversations about anything and, uh, I'm excited. I just, I just, I just have a good feeling about being able to scale that and create that, that ecosystem, uh, which is based on culture. Again, I'm, I'm big around that. And I think that will be my secret advantage. Um, it just feels good. I'm, it feels like I'm on the right track. I don't, it's not, I don't have to force it. It doesn't scare me that much. So it, I'm, I get excited about it. So that's why I'm, I'm going on 
down that lane. That's awesome. Um, the uh, you know you you've talked about culture three, four, five times. Um, tell me, like, oftentimes at least you know what I've kind of seen is you know we'll we'll take some things from our business life and apply it to personal life, and take some things from our personal life, apply it to business life, kind of back and forth. What kind of and and I can't imagine that you don't have. I've seen the whether it's written down on a piece of paper or not. I don't know, but like the culture inside your personal family is is you know you guys always seem to be having fun. Um, obviously, I mean you're still family. There's still drama. There's still things that go on in the background. But um, uh, tell me about like the culture and like do you do you think about it in that sense, like applying culture inside your family the same way you do in your business? Like how do how do you work through that thought process? Or is that thought process there at all? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, we went through, and I think you or your family is part of it once or twice. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a value exercise at Chamber. Yeah. It was amazing. We've done that a couple of times. We wrote it up. Um, it was it was pretty cool. The kids were still young, too, too younger because this was about two years ago, I think. Yeah. So now was it, I, we should definitely do that exercise again. So what disappoints me in my in my personal approach to life is. Uh, and I think this would be true to many of us. We take the family aspect of what you just said for granted, mm-hmm. right? I am very conscious about repeating our company's values at every opportunity I get. A morning huddle, somebody does something great. I'm like, man, Paul exhibited passion. Thank you for 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 doing that, right? And quarterly meetings, all that stuff. But with family. You know, not so much. And I, I could I certainly have to do a better job of that. Uh, but we are definitely a value-based unit as a family. Uh, adventure, travel, positive mindset are some of the things that we value a lot. And we, and, and we try to remind each other about it, about staying on track. But like I said, I could certainly be doing a way, way better job. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm convinced, and this is not something I've held it forever, but just in that, in my self development journey, I'm, I was convinced that that if you're not leading with values in both your family and business life, you're going to either burn out or you're going to get to a certain point. You're going to hit a wall and you're going to be like, why am I not advancing? Is mm-hmm. because there's no substance behind it. If there's no substance, if there isn't something real behind the purpose, of your of your business adventure or venture, uh, or it's same goes for family. If if you're not, if there's no, yeah, like I said, like that soul behind whatever you do as a family unit, then then it's then I think it's way harder to live life that way. Now you're forcing, and uh, it's just it's just not not that's pointless. Yeah, you're either forcing it or you're just kind of floating along. Like yeah, either or way, you check you're not- out. You check not, out, yeah, yeah, you're just checked out. You're not. You're not getting the traction. You're not moving forward. You're not. You know, building relationship. You're not anything. Like there's, you know, one of the things that I've been saying to uh, my kiddo since since it was just Adam and he was you know running around the house is you know um, stay calm and work through the problem. Like that's like our family motto at this point. Like there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be something. We're trying to always have something to go back to. And we even said it again yesterday in the pool with with uh, Rourke. He's absolutely loving life. Four years old, not wanting to ever have his floaties on in the pool, which is great. Um, and there was a point he just started like freaking out a little bit. 
popped up ah! and the freaked out a little bit and got to the edge and he, i was like why did you just scream he's like i thought i didn't think i was gonna make it i thought i was stuck and i was like oh yeah like what happened and uh i was like but you know what you did you stayed calm and you worked through the problem and you you know and he was like i did i did so he was all excited about it and then he jumped right back in the water again you know like it's it, like it there's got to be stuff behind you know what we're doing and and i really want to do that that values exercise again too i mean the last time i did it i think rourke was like not not even a year yet i don't think i think maybe he was yeah. a year old but uh, no he was two something like i don't know he was he was a couple years old and it was like a um you know what a difference uh, what a difference is going to be now you know with uh, a little bit more involvement from the kids and um i want to i I say these things and I still fail miserably at doing them. I do it better in the business than I do in my personal life. It's like, I want to have like the little posters up in the house that have like our values on right. it and, you know, get something professionally made that's up on the wall that we can look to all the time and say, this is, this is, this is our family. This is what we stand for, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, all, all I've had is that, you know, one poster board that I don't even know now that we've moved to Florida, even where it's at, I don't, I, you know, where, where did it go? Fame. It's fame. Yeah. So we needed to, um, I wonder if we're going to do that again up in uh, uh, Vermont. We should. Why yeah, not? We should. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was, it's What's a valuable it? exercise. And and I'm, there's a lot of new families uh, to the, in the tribe. So there's yeah. no reason not to do it. I think Mike McCarthy might be back on that one. So, Oh, nice. He's a yeah. master of that exercise. He is. I think yeah. he actually has professionally made value posts well, I mean, in his kitchen. <laughs> he wrote a book about it. Yeah. yeah. I just got <laughs> it. <laughs> I just got it like I don't know two weeks ago, so I need to get the the family to go together. He was on the the seven to eight thing, and I was like, I completely forgot he wrote that. They're like, I I go buy it. I literally bought it while I was listening to seven. Like, yeah, I was like, I've got to get this done. Uh, yeah. But now I've got to not just have it sit on my shelf. That's also key, you know. So mm, action, action, action. But you know, mm-hmm. yesterday while I was mowing the lawn, I I finished one business book. Um, and Why then, are you on your own loan? So there's there's two reasons, right? Um, so I've, I've thought about that multiple times. But A, that's time that I kind of get to be in my own head and that's it. There's nothing else around other than whatever it is that I want to listen to. So it yeah. gives me a couple hours of just just me. And that's actually something I semi-enjoy. My dad comes over once in a while and he mows my lawn. He's done it twice now. And he, you know, he, he likes to do it too. He puts his headphones on and just rolls around out there and does the thing. Um, but then I tell myself, okay, that's, that's two and a half hours, three hours that you're not spending with your kids. Like my boys were swimming in the pool while I was mowing the lawn. Um, you know, like I could have been playing with the kids. So I, uh, but, but I, I, no, but that's important. I, I want to make sure that, that we touch on that because. I call it thinking time from the book. Um, oh boy, dude escapes me every single time. The book about bumper stickers. Have you read it? Oh, nope. I don't know this mm-hmm. one. All right. Put in the show notes. Welcome <laughs> to Remembers. <laughs> so anyway, he talks about having a thinking time every week at 90 minutes. Uh, it's, and I, and I have it. I'm not always as discipline to make sure I execute it on it every week. But when I do, it's always so unbelievably productive. And, uh, and that, and, and again, being, and your, your thinking time could be driving a car, could mm-hmm. be sitting down, could be outside, could be on the, on the, on the tractor. So, so 
it is where it is, but I think it ha- it's a must as part of one's schedule to have that time. So I appreciate that. Now, I, you know, I try to do it when kids are in school or something like that. Like going back to maximizing time with family, it's, it's hugely important, ex- especially for us entrepreneurial dads who are pulled so many different directions. So you want to make sure that when the kids are home, um, as much of that time is also available. You're making yourself available. So I get it, but, uh, but you cannot discount thinking time, brother. So, yeah. so you're on the right track. Maybe just pick a different time tomorrow on the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Do it at night. Yeah, do it at <laughs> night or while they're at school or something. Yeah. 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 It just, uh, uh, I was, I remember when I was listening to something, I don't remember, but it was, they were interviewing a Jewish guy and, uh, the guy was like, how, like every Jewish guy I know is wealthy. Like, how do you guys do it? And, uh, he's like, have you ever seen, you know, if you come by my house, you will never see me mow my lawn, but you will see one of my Jewish friends mowing my lawn because his expertise is mowing the lawn. My expertise is whatever it was. And he's like, so as a community, we grow each other all the time. Like I'm not spending time on things that aren't my highest and best use. But what I will do is hire my friend who that is his highest and best use. That's yeah. his company. That's his stuff. And they work together as a community. And that's how he's like, that's, that's how we're all wealthy is we're paying attention to what we're doing. So every, like you calling me out on that was like a strike in my head. Like, yeah, you knucklehead. Like, you know, but well, it's uh, okay. at the if same, it's your point, time, at the same point, yeah, it. I mean, I, the amount of times I stopped on my, on the lawnmower, I was like, okay, let's put it down, take a note real quick, send myself an email, <laughs> and I'm back to bow the lawn again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just, it's, it, and so it's, it's, it's helpful and not right. But, uh, uh, I don't know when else I would listen to some of the books I listen to. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty go, go, go most of the time. So that's the only time I'm really sitting there. Other than, especially now that that it's summer here, and there's no school, and you know, it's not like I've got to drive back and forth to school to to you know get me yeah. get me into the books. But um, but yeah, that, that's where I was going. Is uh, before you you know made fun of me about Mo Milan. Um, <laughs> I I finished. I listened to everything at like two three x, so I burned through the stuff pretty quickly. Um, so there was one that was only like a, a four and a half hour long um audiobook but i listened to it at 3x so i burned through that entire book and then finished up another book and i'm thinking to myself okay well you're you're i don't know this year i'm maybe eight eight books in something like that this year um none of them were family related so i'm sitting here looking at this one going hey you idiot like you've done all these other books why have you not gotten into this one so that's you know uh, you'll that too yeah I think we all are. It's, uh, uh, that doesn't mean that it's acceptable, but it means that, you know, we're all, uh, can you guys, can you hear my kids in the background? No, they're having a blast out there. They just keep sliding back and forth and like just chasing each other. It's it's phenomenal. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, But, uh, and we've got an au pair now. Um, this is our second au pair that we've got and she's from Brazil and she's been awesome with the kids. It's so much fun to, you know, like literally, the she was here she got here on a thursday um friday oh, when recently wow. no like three weeks ago not like this past okay, gotcha, she's okay. been here yeah three weeks i think four weeks three weeks um so she got here on a thursday and then that next friday morning i i woke rark up and i was like hey i'm gonna go drop your brother off at school do you it was his last day of school so do you want to go now um, do you want to go with 
I want Miss Camille. So it's her name is Camille. Oh. And I was like, really? Like day one? This is awesome. Like this is going to be great. So he was, he was a big fan already, but they're the three of them are just running around the house like mad people. And it's, uh, it's so much fun to watch and listen to. Yeah. That, like that's one thing working from home is, um, there are some distractions, but I like, I can't help but just be thrilled about the fact that my kids walk by and I get to say hi to them that, you know, Adam walks in in the middle of recording a podcast and I get to, you know, give him a hug or Raquel walks by like having Raquel home right now is un- unreal, you know, but uh, she's on baby leave. Right. So like, yeah, I walk out of the office and I've got my whole family here. I'm like, I cannot uh, wait so for good. her to retire in two years. Like this is going to be so, so awesome. Good. But, yeah. uh, uh, you know, something I definitely did not get, um, working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week in the military. So this is, uh, this is lovely. I'd much rather work 50, 60 hours here doing this than, than, uh, than doing what I was doing. Yeah. So man, oh man. Um, so what do you, uh, uh, what, what does retirement look like to you? Really? Very interesting question. I just recently did this exercise. I don't know where I got it from. Just to write out your write out your ideal day, mm-hmm. and uh, and over, I got it right here in my notebook. That I, that's right in front of me. Let me revisit that. What is my ideal day? Future self. I think that was it. Right? I don't find it's going to be very anticlimactic, <laughs> but it's too. Kind of like your book you were talking about earlier. Something about I got thinking it. I got it. Yeah. I've, I'll remember that book. I'm telling you before it's over. I'm getting up at 5.50 a.m. Doing my miracle morning. Taking the kids to school. Uh, well, the older one. Then come, coming back, making breakfast for the little one and Patricia. Uh, taking the little one back out to school uh, with Patricia. Then we stop by for coffee on the way back. And then... I probably bang out a couple of uh, high-level meetings with some of my my COOs or and or or whoever's uh, whoever's running some of these companies at the time. Uh, then obviously you need time to hit the plates and do a little workout, gym, uh, lunch. That's a late lunch. I got to revisit that. And then <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> And then I wanted to leave myself always a time for strategizing, whether that's business, family, life, uh, you know, advent, planning adventures or, or, or the next big thing in, in whatever, um, genre. Uh, and then obviously family time when everybody gets home. So that would be my ideal day. What, what does retirement look like for me is I, you know, I don't think I'll ever, not that I think I know I'll never stop reinventing myself and, 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 exploring different opportunities like i i like to watch a movie or or a good documentary but i'm not one to sit on the couch and just watch tv aimlessly mm-hmm. um, my circle of friends here uh, is is quite quite faint um you know intentional about who i spend time with um we, but you know what that is something to talk about it's it's one of the things in my life that I want to start putting more emphasis on and, and creating more meaningful relationships. Um, a little, you know, some of that is, you know, amazing people like yourself. You live in other states. So, <laughs> so it's not that easy to get for a Sunday barbecue together, but, uh, I do want to make sure that's part of my life. 
So I'll always do something. I'll, I'll always try to um, mentor people and stay active. Um, I'm a strong believer that anything in life needs to needs needs to be exercised, like our muscles are, whether it's mm-hmm. our brain, our habits. Um, everything needs to be cultivated uh, for it to flourish. So, man, yeah, retirement pretty much is not much different from what I do now. Maybe less meetings. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny as I I told Adam that the other day. He says because he knows when mommy's going to retire. That's in two years. Mommy's going to retire. And if you're listening to this, Raquel, yes, in two years, don't like. So she's <laughs> she's up for promotion next year. And I told her, I said, I will do everything I can to sabotage you from promoting because that means <laughs> another move. That means another like three more years on top of that. I said, I just no, nope, 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 not going to do it. Um. Yeah, but uh, but Daddy, when are you going to retire? I said, Buddy, I don't think I'm ever going to retire. I said, I'm working from home. I get to come outside and play with you guys in the middle of the day. We get to go places. We went to Bush Gardens in the middle of the week last week. I said, you know, it was funny because I was like literally sending a, like sending a wire from Bush Gardens. Like so I got a phone call that we needed something up. Like sending a wire. It's like this is the beauty of doing what I do, bud. Like it yeah. just no big deal, you know. And uh, uh, but I was like, I, I just I like doing what I like. I finally found something I like doing. And is it going to shift? Yeah. But I mean, I think that's one of the beauties about the entrepreneur side of the house too, is like, once you kind of figured out, you figured out, you know, what you're really good at and that's running business stuff. So I'm sure that you could buy just about any business and run it well. You know, you just got to find the right person who's the right fit inside yeah. those things and then let them run it. And like you said, have this strategic meetings with the, the, you know, operators of those businesses and move yeah. on. And I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll ever stop doing that type of stuff. I, I really enjoy this business side of the house, you know? It's it's a lot of fun. It, yeah, we hear it all the time. It's if you love what you do, you're not really working, and and it, it's true. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to to sort of um, question that that thought pattern because yeah, if you re- if I enjoy what I do, it's not. I, I don't dread waking waking up in the morning. To me, mm-hmm. Monday morning is like a Saturday morning. I, it's all fun and games. Um, yeah, obviously, there's weeks where. Things are stressful and you look forward to disengaging over the weekend. Uh, one thing I'll also ta- touch on w- w- something that really resonated with me where Richard, where somebody asked Richard Branson and how did you get to a, be a billionaire? Not once, by multiple times in multiple businesses. And he said it to your point where you just mentioned, he said, I create a vision. I, uh, create. Like, 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 like instill passion in that vision. And then I'd find people who are way smarter than me to mm-hmm. execute on that and just let it be. It's as yeah. simple as that, really. It's really as simple as that. Uh, it's not simple implementation and there's doesn't no mean it's easy. There is, simple, it's not, not easy, easy yeah. but the, I, but the concept is real and it's, and it's simple and it's, uh, and it's a fact. That's, that's how it is. That's how I'm, that's, that's sort of what, what my experience is now is level team all of a sudden it's easier to run this business even though it's bigger than it ever mm-hmm. was right For sure. uh, um, and and yeah there's not there's not much not much else to it you just gotta trust the process do you know who ryan pineda is yeah i don't listen so he, to him that much but i know him yeah yeah he uh one of the things he talks about is like i do not like he's like i always have business ideas things that i want to create things that i want to go but if i don't know who i'm going to have to run it 
not even following it. Not at, like mm-hmm. the amount of people that bring me things and the ideas that sure they may be phenomenal ideas. They may be the next, you know, hundred million dollar business that I have. But if I don't have a person who's going to run it, it ain't going to be me. He's like, I, I need to have somebody who runs those businesses. Um, so, you know, if you don't have a COO for the business, if you don't have an operator, then not getting involved with it. And that's kind of, you know, I'm not at that point yet, you know, but, uh, uh, as I'm, you know, uh, the operator of, of both of my businesses, but, um, but yeah, I look forward to like I, those acquisition things. I think that's one of the things that I fear a little bit right now. I'm buying a business to go back to that, that thought process and stuff. Like I don't, then I have to go through the effort of trying to find who am I going to have operate that? Like, are they, are the, am I going to know, like, and trust the person that's already operating it? Am I, you know, all the stuff. And, um, so now that I'm saying all that out loud, then yes, it is more of a, uh, limiting belief than anything else. Like, I, I mean, yeah. Shut it's, up, it's Adam. Go same, buy a business. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's the same thing as us letting go of being the operator. When I took the yeah. test on the rocket fuel book, or that, that you score yourself, whether you're mm-hmm. a visionary or, or integrator, I scored a higher as an integrator. Yeah. And because I ran my business for the last 25 years. And it was a whole mindset process about letting that go and changing yeah. that story in my head. And it was journaling. It was conversations with coaches. I was, I had to shed that identity and it was so counterintuitive because again, like any business owners, nobody can do this better than me. Of course. Mm-hmm. How can I give this up? This is my baby. And the reality is on the other side of that change of that shift. You bring in excellent people. It's not, it's, that's not an easy process, but it's yeah. also doable. And those excellent, excellent people have unique skills and abilities that take this thing to another level that you realize you could have never done yeah. because you don't have those same skills. And you, 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 you were, I'm talking about me. I was amazing to get that business to that, whatever we hit five, six millions before that transition. But I know now I couldn't have brought it up yeah. any further. We'll got and, you here. We'll get and you that's there. That's the reality. Yeah. Yes, that's the reality. Yeah. So we just have to. It's it's just that evolution of a business owner, and we just yeah. have to go through it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's uh, you know, the the mentality shift that you have to have, and you know, nah. Ah, yeah. One of the books you I was actually listening to yesterday was what What got you here won't get you there. Is I think the name of yeah. the book, and um, it wasn't you know earth shattering or anything because, but but at the same point, it was like it was a good reminder of. Why we hire the right people? Who not how is an amazing book. book. Have you read ten yeah. X is easier than two X yet? Oh my god, everybody's talking. About everybody's that. talking about. Jeez. But I mean, it's the same. Right. It's the same authors as yeah. Who Not How and yeah. uh, Ben Hardy. Yeah, um, yeah, Ben Hardy. And I mean, it, it was, it was. I mean, it was really good. Um, it got me thinking a lot, you know. Um, but you know, to to rewind a minute, the the uh, the visionary integrator thing you were talking about, like, so in in my my military jobs. Um, it was always like you, it, whatever needed to be done, you figured out how to do it. Right. So, you know, I, adaptability was just what you had to do. Like, I've never done this before. So I'm going to go figure it out, you know, and, and Hey, we don't have anybody else to do this. So I'm going to go do it. Um, uh, so like when I took that test, it was like, I think the response, I did the one online uh, before I did the one in the book, but it was, it was like, I'm not sure you're a visionary or an integrator because like, I just I said I could do it all. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm like. Yes, sure, I'm, yes, I'm comfortable yes. doing this. I'm comfortable doing that. I'm comfortable doing this. And they were like, uh, "All right, buddy." Like, I was like, "Wait a second. 
like but mm. but i i think that i'd stayed in that mentality of what is it you know yeah. like i just just give me the problem and i'll fix it you know um vanilla ice over here give me a problem yo i'll solve it and uh and i i just couldn't I don't know. I, like it's a mentality thing that I still need to break. You know, I've only been out now for what two years, so it's it's a year and a half, two years, and trying to get over that. Okay, what is my highest and best use? What is mm-hmm. the the thing that I am best at? Um, and I think I'm still trying to still trying to kind of figure that out. Um, so uh, I do need to get rid of some of those limiting beliefs, though. We all have them, and I've just uh, I've made a couple of mine show up just on this call. So. Uh, it's one thing I hate um, about talking to you, Camille, is you challenge me. <laughs> we always will. They just show up at different levels. There are yeah. certain limiting beliefs that I have that I don't even know that I have yet. Yeah. And it's when you get to that point in, in, in business ownership or, or family that you're sort of like, whoa, I didn't even know that that was my mm-hmm. limiting belief. But there it is. Yep. So yeah. that's why that's why it makes it interesting. It's always an yeah. evolution. Reinventing For sure. yourself every step of the way. And we have limiting beliefs, family, business, doesn't matter. Like what, you know, what am I capable of as a dad? What am I capable of, you know, as the, the leader of my house? Um, uh, yeah. And yes, everybody listening, I did say that as the dad and the father, I am the leader of the house. Uh, whether people want to believe it or not, that's the way, that's the way it goes. Um, no, that's the way it should go anyways. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, it, I tell my son all the time, my sons all the time that, that you know whatever they've got to think through those processes and break through the barriers and then you know here i sit you know uh, eating my crow as i'm not breaking through some barriers in my own <laughs> life type of stuff you know it's like golly but i mean that that's that's part of the process you know that's i i i uh i love that that thinking and i always want to be able to 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 keep doing that rather than put my head in the sand and and bury it so yeah all right, brother. Is there anything uh, oh, sure. that we haven't talked about in business or family that you want to you want to bring up? Any ideas? Have you thought about the name of that book yet? Um, yeah. I'm just excited for you to start playing with Barbie dolls soon, <laughs> and uh, and I want to see that in action. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one so, thing I'll say, yeah. No, no. Go ahead. No, one thing I'll say about um, being a dad of daughters is. To me, that's just the kind of dude I am. It was liberating to be a 30-something-year-old, then 40-year-old, and just let the guard down and just Mm -hmm. be silly and and play with the dolls and have your nails painted. I was like, yes, this is the best. Like, I could go back to being a kid, right? Yeah. You know, I had my martial arts for the the manly outlet, uh, sparring and kicking people's butt. But then when I got home, it was uh, it was so awesome, and um, yeah, and and as you know, because you're an amazing at it already. It's that time spent. Uh, I love Pat Hyben's stuff too, right? Love is spelled time, and and with girls, we talk about meaningful time spent with girls. It is just just letting go and being silly and being, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, it's hard for us, but it's that feminine energy. At the girls' level, and, and I think that that's what makes a difference. At least what it, what made a difference for me, you know, yeah. growing up with two girls, or two girls growing up with me. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're growing up too. Don't 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 fool yourself. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up with two older sisters, and it was like uh, uh, they were always really mean to me. Um, uh, <laughs> I was like, 
we their two older sisters like even like they would never play anything that i wanted to play so i always had to play what they wanted to play and like whether it was arteries or whatever so i'm sitting there and they wouldn't even let me be ken like they made me i don't even know the the there was like this little baby barbie and they're like yep that's you that's you bud i was like what the heck it's like i can't even be ken i can't come on guys like what the heck you know like it was a mess you're gonna, get, people, you're gonna get to be Ken now. Finally, finally, Roughly. I get to be Ken. Uh, yeah, I tell so people, listen, my my wife rides motorcycles and shoots guns. So if we have a little girl that wants to be a princess, we're screwed. Like we're not. I know it's, it's, we're both gonna have to figure out how to do all this. I mean, I could count on one hand how many times she's gone out and got her nails done, and one of them was because I bought it for her for her birthday. Like we went out together, and, and I was like, "This is, you know, so like that's just not something she does." So if if Diana does that type of stuff, we're going to be very confused, but yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll figure you're it out. Well, you will. Yeah. And you have lots of fun doing it, man. So I'm, I'm so happy for you. It's going to be amazing. Thanks, brother. Yeah. I yeah. really look forward to it, man. All right, man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you jumping on. It was awesome to, uh, to Great catch time. back up. Uh, it was good. Good chat with you. Um, you know, one thing that I've been on quite a few podcasts, but it's always like business, 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 real estate, real estate, real estate. And I'm, you know, I, uh, I really, you know, being a dad to me is much more important than business. Business allows me to be a better dad, but you know, I need to be a dad first. So, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's fun to chat about that and steal some good ideas and, um, get some, get some challenging thought processes going. So I appreciate it, Camille. I appreciate you having me on, man. This is lots of fun. If anybody uh, wants to reach out to you or if you have any desire for somebody to reach out to you, what would be the uh, the easiest way to do that? Our Facebook, Facebook messengers, DMs, all that good stuff. Social media. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll uh, um, uh, I'm not very good at this show notes stuff yet, but hopefully uh, we'll have a good show notes in there with uh, with your Facebook profile. Get you get uh, get some people over that way. But thank you so much, Camille. I appreciate you jumping on and uh, I look forward thank to so catching much. up in person. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.